You are listening to Artisan Adventures with FGG Designs. Join us on our journey as we explore the different worlds of wood carving, ring making, knife making, photography, pyrography, leathercraft, crochet, and paper art. This is episode 14, Getting Started with Crochet, Part 1. Today we look at the origins of crochet. Well, Lydia, today we take a little look at the history of crochet. It seems to be a fairly old craft, and maybe you can tell us something about it. Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Um, I had to do some research on this because I did not know much about the history and when it started and who invented it. I found some information, but still not. it's not very clear. Uh, one person said, according to the historians and researchers, crochet likely developed most directly from Chinese needlework and uh, an ancient form of embroidery uh, known in Turkey, India, Persia, and North Africa. And uh, most likely it reached Europe in the 1700s, as was known as tambouring. Is the French word for drum. And so what they did, they had a um, a ring, and they they would stretch the fabric with clam it in there, kind of. So it's it's all uh, stretched and uh, nicely flat, and they they would use a needle with a hook, and it's a finer needle than a crochet hook, I would say. And they would stick the needle into the fabric, and then have thread underneath there and somehow pulled it up through the fabric and then made a loop into a chain looking design and that's how far back it goes with with that kind of a needlework it's more now known as embroidery yet not done that way so much anymore i've i've seen some sites that still are teaching people which is really cool actually and i actually would like to get into that <laughs> it looks really interesting but then after after the tambourine, they call it, it's, you know, tambour is like a... Like a tambourine? Tambourine, yes. That's what it looks like without the bells on it. But now these days they, they call it crochet. And what happened in the 1800s or the late 1700s, they actually stopped using the fabric and they called it then, they started using just a thread or yarn and they start, started calling it crochet in the air, which is very interesting because that's kind of what it looks like when you're working and crocheting because you hold, in one hand you hold the yarn and the other hand you hold the, the needle with the hook and that's how you make your stitches. So it's very literal how they explain and how they called it that way. And then uh, I found some information also that, and that totally makes sense to me, uh, in the early 1800s, that the shepherds who were tending their flock, they were kind of, you know, they were watching their their sheep, but they probably felt bored, you know, like, okay, well, you can watch them, what else do I do? So they made a hook, kind of a crochet hook, a little different shape. It's more like in the shape of a... Uh, the shepherd's hook. It's a little wider than the things we know now, but um, it's a little wider in shape at the end where you hold the, the hook. But they used little pieces of wool 
and kind of crocheted it or hooked it together to make clothing, socks, clothing to wear because it was cold. And, and because of the, the pure wool, it had lanolin in it. Lanolin? Yeah. Oil? It's, it's the oil, the natural oil that uh, it's in the wool. And because of that, it's, they, they made the clothing larger and then felted it. And because of the lanolin, it actually made it kind of a weatherproof. Waterproof. Waterproof and warmer. Uh, so it was a very tight woven clothing piece that kept them warm, especially uh, in the winters. So I felt that was very interesting to find because that's kind of how it started. You know, I was thinking of in time of the Bible, I'm sure that craft must have been there already. Some people said, well, they found some pieces in one of the caves in Israel and among the Egypts. So I'm sure it has been there too, but not named that way, of course. So it's, it's very interesting if you want to Google it. It's just really interesting to see the, the hooks. They were made either out of ivory, horn, or whatever, what do you call that? Horn. Yeah, horn or wood. I mean, that's the natural resources they had at these days. And later on, of course, in life, they started making them from plastic or metal. Uh, I found a timeline, which is very interesting. So I will kind of quote what I found. So in the early 1700s, uh, it started spreading through uh, Turkey, India, Persia, North America, and it, it was called tambouring. And then the late 1700s, they left out the fabric and started crocheting in the air. And then the early 1800s, shepherd's knitting appeared. And that's kind of what I was talking about, about the little pieces of wool from their sheep. And the shepherds were using that. And then the mid-1800s, crochet started being known as crochet or slip stitch crochet. And I found an article that the first patterns, written patterns they found, were actually found in Amsterdam in a... Uh, an old pattern book for women. So I thought it was quite interesting that they found that in my um, home country. And that was the very first they could find way, way back in the 1800s. So that's kind of the time when they started crocheting the way we know it now. But that's when it became more known, say, in the Western world. Right. But it was obviously present in at least some form earlier than than that more yeah. in the east right right and also in ireland especially scotland and ireland because there were probably more sheep herders i would think in the late 1800s they also had irish crochet and that's absolutely beautiful it's uh, a lot more lace-like very fine um, detailed crochet it's it's beautiful and i've made some of it but it's a uh, very time consuming and also uh, you need to uh, pay attention because you can lose track of where you are and what to do. So so how does that exactly differ between what we would normally call crochet? Yeah, it's more used for lace work or fine little decorative pieces on clothing. Not necessarily used for clothing pieces as such in as, as a whole. So you would still use the same types of stitches? Yes, but a very fine, fine thread. Very thin needles. Very thin. Okay. You know, you can buy lace these days, but the, the lace you make with such a fine needle is absolutely amazing. And of course, you can make all kinds of patterns, especially leaves and flowers. I did some research on that as well. And it's it's just absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. So that was in the late 1800s, the Irish crochet made its way abroad and became part of the crafting repertoire of, of American women. And the Irish uh, immigrated to America. And that's how actually 
uh, here in America, they some people know it. It's still not a very big thing, art um, here. Uh, yet some some people and and these days. You mean crochet? Crochet, Irish crochet. Irish crochet. Yeah, crochet. and of course. If we think back and in the early 1800s and maybe even beginning of 1900s, they didn't have electricity. So when the women were done working, you know, in the home, they would do something with their hands and they would pick up their crochet and start working in the daylight. They went sometimes outside to, to be able to see well. And then at night, they still even would work under uh, candlelight, so, which is also amazing that they still kept on working after doing all the chores in the home. So there's some, I guess, vagueness in that sense as to the real origin of yeah. the craft. Yeah. Do do you think that there is any indication that it was present in biblical times? Obviously, you know, the biblical record spans thousands of years. Right. But do you think there's any indication uh, that this was a artisan craft that was practiced back then? I would think so. I would believe so. You know, thinking of the the tabernacle, all those craftsmen that were assigned by the Lord to, to make everything the way the Lord wanted it to be, I would think so that, and maybe... Not the way we know it now, but I'm sure they made, you know, even better tools these days because they were amazing craftsmen. And these, mm-hmm. these uh, even, you know, we've read about the pyramids that, that people these days cannot copy what they used to do in Egypt, for instance, with the pyramids to how to build it. So I can, I assume that craft was there, yet maybe not the way we know it now. Right. Obviously not with the same name, but something of similar sort in that. Right. Well, as far as the history, I I guess that's about as much as uh, you were able to find. What can you say about the different uses? You mentioned a couple things about the shepherds and like making a weather slash waterproof garment Mm -hmm. that they could wear. Uh, What were some of the other things besides, and you mentioned also the Irish crochet, which was a fine lace. What would that fine lace be used for? Is it more decorative in, in a home atmosphere? Or do you find historical evidence of some of these things uh, being used for other, other I think things? the Irish crochet is just an art mm-hmm. on its own. A decorative a different, Yeah, a different way of... But I would say just a general crochet. I came across an article about women making uh, sweaters and packages for the, uh, the soldiers in the Second World War. They were busy crocheting and knitting socks and scarves and sweaters for care packages. And that was a big, big thing in these days because a lot of people were poor, but they found ways of making those things and sending them to the soldiers uh, to take care of them. So that's one of the actually started coming more and more and women uh, started doing those things. And then in the sixties, it became like a craft, but also more for like the granny squares is a big thing. It still is. Um, so you make a square with either different colors or just one color with a different 
kind of stitch and you make different ones with different stitches and you put them all together and make a bedspread or you make a uh, rug or a baby blanket and it's still a big thing to to use that for those kind of things but in the 60s the women really started yeah using it more and became increasingly uh, popular is the use of crochet here in the united states sort of localized do you think it would be used more in the country or do you find that there's even a lot of people in the city that seem interested in it i think it's more in the country i've seen that even here in in living in a city people don't know how to do it they don't are not interested city life is so different than being in the country probably life is a little slower in the country i'm following some people on instagram who are Uh, big on crocheting and they all live in the country it's all you know that's what they do for a living um, besides of course taking care of their family I feel it's definitely more something yeah for people who live outside of the city for sure and maybe it's maybe also a generation thing I don't know of a lot of young girls who are even interested in learning learning the craft would be great if we could find some (laughs) well you know maybe this is a great time for the listeners to actively do something about this people that are listening to this and finding the history maybe a little interesting and Mm -hmm. as we go through this uh, the next podcast we'll be telling a little bit more about uses and uh, even looking at how Lydia got involved with crocheting maybe these things will encourage younger kids to be able to be involved in crochet I mean that's what we're trying to do with our getting started with series and our different crafts to be able to encourage not obviously only adults but also children to maybe get past their focus on their phone or the tablet or the computer or the games Mm. Uh, there's so much more to life than just sticking your head in a screen and uh, And there's so much pleasure in finishing something you make made something say even for as a gift it's it's so fun to finish it and give something you've made yourself it's so rewarding i just love to do that it's it's fun and and, you know especially when you know the person you know their favorite color maybe they have a favorite flower it's for me when i make something for someone else it makes me pray for that person while i'm working on that specific item and i think it's very rewarding yeah i think that's a good word rewarding when you can uh, actually see something come out of your hands yeah and, and it makes someone else happy because that's mm-hmm. that's so cool to see their responses absolutely well great well today was maybe a little shorter uh, podcast we touched on some very fascinating aspects of crochet and uh, next episode we'll get into a little bit more of how lydia got involved with this craft thank you for listening to this week's podcast We hope you have been motivated by today's topics to excel in your craft, but most importantly, to live for God's glory. If you have any questions about this episode, please write us at podcast at fggdesigns.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit us at fggdesigns.com.